Well, welcome back to another episode of Catholic Laughter. And uh, I'm one of your hosts, Carl Kozlowski. And I'm Scott Vincy. Thanks for joining us again today. Yeah, we've got a great show tonight, or whenever you're listening. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We've got uh, one of our favorite headliners. It's going to be the main interview on the show. Uh, He's been on Conan, and uh, The Late Late Show has his own uh, comedy special out on YouTube and Amazon Prime. Tom Clark is going to be with us. Pretty exciting, huh? Yeah, that's pretty exciting. I I love that guy. I worked with him a lot. Can't wait to interview him here in a minute. But Carl, uh, so I recently saw you. You came to Los Angeles. It was good to see you. Uh, You came for a retreat. Tell us about this retreat. What what was happening? It was a Catholic retreat, right? Was yeah, totally. It was like turbo Catholic. It was uh, the uh, it was a Catholic media apostle retreat, and uh, we were uh, the apostles run- don't get enough media coverage, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it was run by uh, two groups, so we had double double Christ power coming at us. <laughs> it was um, uh, the Pauline nuns who specialize in. Um, uh, being a media ministry, like they, th- that's what they do is review movies, make videos, write books, it's all sorts of stuff. And, uh, and so um, they, uh, they were the ones actually organizing the retreat, but we were staying at an awesome place called the Sarah Retreat Center, S-E-R-R-A in Malibu. Uh-huh. And uh, that was, uh, that place is run by a bunch of Franciscan monks. So did they have, uh, did they have a hot tub and a sauna there too? No, uh, no, I don't think so because of the priests and the uh, the monks and the nuns probably not. But uh, no. that, like being a retreat center, they're kind of like uh, pretty, you know. They're trying to keep the focus on, um, you know, thinking about spiritual things and getting to know other people. So there's no like, you know, TV with sports center in the room or anything like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was interesting. I thought I was going to be seeing a lot of people who were like editors because i also am a writer uh uh-huh. journalist and um instead there's people with all sorts of uh interesting walks of life and um the the best one was this guy named tomas uh-huh. and he was a stuntman on breaking bad and he's oh, really? and he also worked on better call saul and he's got a top secret project tied to that stuff that's uh almost done and so that was pretty wild to hear him talk about uh you know doing stunts in the middle of all that craziness in those shows so yeah. uh That's yeah but cool. uh but when i mentioned that i was they asked us to describe who we are in two words and uh-huh. i said comedian writer uh nobody cared about the writing <laughs> i just got pounced uh throughout the weekend by people wanting to know about catholic laughter and me being a comic and tell me a joke and all that stuff so uh it was actually really good for what I really love to do, which is, you know, running the business of Catholic laughter and putting right. on shows, you know, so that oh, was that's cool. cool. You got to, you got to meet a lot of people and kind of market yourself at the same time. Yeah. And the nuns were, uh, the nuns were funny. You know, that was, that, it was kind of, it was really like a real life sister act. You know, I kept waiting for them to break in a song, <laughs> you know, they, but uh, you know, they have the types that are in the movie, you know, uh, the, the perky one, the, the stern one the you know the out of just all different types and they were really uh funny to see in action oh that's cool that's yeah cool. yeah so when's, the last recommend- time you, when's the last time you hung around with one more than one nun you know what i mean like usually you see a nun <laughs> out in the church i think it's been since grade school you know and going to grade school with a bunch of nuns oh, there you know so yeah you, so that was you cool. said you said you went to two masses I went to two oh, yeah. in the same day. This was the first year ever when I was visiting my brother in Texas. Uh, we went to the morning mass for Christmas, or it was Sunday, so we had to. We were obligated, yeah. so we were Sunday. And then he goes, "Well, we we go to uh, the six o'clock mass at night, so we don't have to go on Christmas Day because it fulfills the Christmas mass obligation." Yeah. So we went at eight in the morning and six at night. I've never been to mass twice in one day, <laughs> yeah. and usually only priests do that. Usually, right? So yeah, I figure. It was kind of a fun, but actually it was nice. It was a, it was very, um, you know, Christmassy, you know, it was yeah, fun. Yeah. I, I didn't mind it. It didn't seem like a drag. It was actually kind of nice. Yeah. Well, we had, yeah, we had two masses and uh, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. And uh, Father David Guffey, one of our favorite priests from oh, yeah. Family Theater Productions, he said the mass on Sunday. So that was cool. 
and um, yeah, it was a good time. And, and the food was food was unbe unbelievable. I mean, it was buffet. Did you have a continental but, breakfast there? They had no. It was like you know, real eggs and sausage links and um, you know, uh, potatoes and all definitely that. Definitely not a good. definitely not a Jenny Craig camp, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, look at me, folks. You know, do you think I mind? But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was a good time, and uh, I think I really learned a lot of inspirational things about how to look at our calling as comedians. You know, and and the idea, the whole idea of the of the whole weekend for anybody that was there is, is saying, you know, because um, there was documentarians and uh, Christian film screenwriters and all sorts of people, but uh, it was just basically saying, you know that entertainment is a great way to evangelize about the Catholic church and Christianity to the world, because if you get people entertained, then they're more open to listen, hearing some deeper thoughts, you know, so right. it was good. Oh, that's cool. But, that, that sounds really good. And so the, yeah, but the ocean views were, uh, and the sunrise. Oh, yeah. yeah. The ocean views were amazing. Yeah. It was just, uh, especially sunrise and sunset, man, that was crazy. I mean, it was like watching, you know, God put on an art show, you know. Did you get so, any pictures? Uh, yeah, I got I got I, I got to send you those. I, I, I keep we meaning need to, to post them. my Facebook. Yeah, we so. need to put them on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, but speaking of uh, holy women, uh, you know, we've got our uh, Saints Corner, right? Yeah, Carl, it's time for Saints Corner. Who do we have this week? All right, Carl, today's saint is Saint Reader of Kashia. I think yeah. that's how you say it. I think uh, so, she, yeah. She's the patron saint of abused wives. She's heartbroken women and lost in impossible causes. So I definitely should pray to her about my comedy career because <laughs> um, that might have been lost many years ago. No. Um, but um, Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I should pray to her to help find a woman because uh, that's, that's proven to find a woman to go out with me. Because that's proven pretty impossible over the years. Well, miracles can happen, Carl. Miracles can happen. Uh, so another, some more quick info about St. Rita. She was born in 1381 and she lived to 1457, which would have made her 76 years old. Man, that, that's an impossible feat in itself for the Middle Ages, right? I, right. I don't, I don't remember anybody back then living that long. So. Yeah. Uh, she must have been very pious. Uh, she says she was married at age 12 to a nobleman who was a rich, quick-tempered, and immoral immoral man. Her marriage lasted 18 years, and she was known to have to made efforts to convert her husband from his abusive behavior. So I guess she she made him get rid of the anger, you know, or maybe she, <laughs> maybe she smacked him around to, you know, stop it, you jerk, and then maybe he learned. Yeah, well, she's an, an Italian woman, man. She knows how to take fight back. But, uh, you know... <laughs> I think that uh, uh, that you know that makes her the patron saint of women who try to change their husbands. So basically, every woman, <laughs> yeah, everyone praised her. Yeah, it, that's so true. Um, it says her hus husband did seek redemption, and Saint Rita also convinced him to end a nasty family feud. Uh, but he was murdered, and after that, she later became an Augustinian nun. So yeah, I, I think she was probably like, you know what, that's enough, a husband for me. I think I'm good. Why don't I become one? <laughs> I can serve God more directly. So yeah, cool. but what was crazy was uh, that she was, um, it's believed that, or they say that she was levitated to the monastery by three of her patron saints. I'm not sure how, you, how, how I guess it must have been visible or something. I'm not really sure how people would know that, uh, but she must have come floating in carried by uh you know three holy guys that that, that must have been a quite an yeah. entrance to the, to the monastery how do they do that so like you know like and then they lift <laughs> her and they take her to set her yeah. down with their hand i don't know how that levitating though that's something um something i'm not too sure of so she could be one of the patron saints of magicians too you know <laughs> that's, that's true we and we might not even know the patron saint of um chris angel that's who she is <laughs> But um, yeah, but her uh, her body lies in a glass case at a shrine in her hometown of Cassia, Italy, and she has never deteriorated. So her body's in perfect condition, and thousands of people visit her every year on pilgrimages. Pretty pretty wild, huh? 
Yeah, that is wild. Uh, I can't believe it. So the bees, there's a thing with the bees oh, yeah. too. Um, it says, um, so there's a statue of Rita in which several bees are featured. And the reason the bees are featured, uh, it, it originates from the story of her baptism as an infant. On the day of her baptism, it says, her family noticed a swarm of white bees. I've never seen white bees, but apparently that day there were white bees flying around her as she slept in her crib. However, however, the bees peacefully entered and exited her mouth without causing any harm or injury. So instead of being alarmed for her safety, her family was like mystified by the sight. Um, and this was taken to indicate the career of, where is that piece of paper? The career of the child. The it, was of to the... Be, it was to be marked by industry, virtue, oh. and devotion. Oh, okay. but, you know, I'm not sure I would. I'm not sure I would take a mouthful of bees for my baby as a sign of anything. I'd be too busy calling nine one one. I know. I I'd be like, wait. Get, I'd be like doing this, and I'd be like, I I feel like they were like, Ooh. okay, <laughs> you know, like the first. I, yeah. I I just imagine the family being like scared, and then they'll be like, well, eh, it's okay. Nothing. There's no stingers in them out there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well. Um... Uh, so everybody who uh, got a new saint to think of when you're praying, and especially the women out there, she's uh, really great for you. So uh, yeah, we want to give it up for St. Rita. Yeah, St. Rita, give it up for her. If you haven't lost an impossible cause, uh, you can pray via her uh, to yes. God. Saints All right, you guys, this week we have a great comedian. He's one of our uh, favorite headliners for Catholic Laughter. Uh, Carl, you know him. You love him. We all do. Uh, he's been on, yeah, well, I think we do. I hope we do. He's been on Conan. Uh, he has a special on Amazon Prime and on YouTube. Uh, you guys, please welcome to the podcast, Tom Clark. <laughs> Are you there, Tom? Thank you, guys. Oh, there he is. Okay. Yes, I'm there. I'm, I'm here via satellite. <laughs> You're in Poughkeepsie, aren't you? I am. <laughs> all right uh well so first off tom um just give us a little insight how long have you been doing comedy and you know where did you start i started in uh, 1994 so this year is my 30th year in comedy oh. i took a comedy class in milwaukee and uh in uh, i think it was july of 94 and then i i did that went really well and then i did the uh my first open mic in August of 94. So I feel like that was my, <laughs> that was the reality check of like, oh, this is what standup is going to be like. Oh, right, right. Do you remember that mic? Like, do you remember your first mic? I don't remember mine, but do you remember yours at all? Uh, yeah, I remember uh, I, I went to a place, I think it was called Funny Business in Milwaukee. It was by the airport. It was my second time so after my class on stage. And I remember telling the same jokes and just, there was a guy in the front row just looking at me with mo most hateful eyes <laughs> I'd ever seen. And I was like, how is this not? Like, I was so confused because, like, I'm saying this the same way I said it that night at my class. And it's like, and this is not going well. So I never understood, like, oh, every audience is different. That's how new I was to performing. Right. Wow. Yeah, so then uh, yeah. how did you fall in love with comedy to begin with? I mean, was your family funny or did your passion for, for for performing develop later as an adult yeah i never really got into comedy i mean i never really thought i would do it at all i just uh it was definitely something i got into later on i i never did any performance i got a c in speech class uh at in high school so i was like a totally nervous speaker um, after college, I went to Mexico. I worked with a Catholic group called uh, the Salesians, um, mm -hmm. and they had a volunteer program in Juarez. And I, I lived in Juarez. I worked with gang members, uh, cholos, and they uh, <laughs> and it was the scariest experience of my life, and it was the most life changing experience. Um, but they uh, they wanted me. Uh, they they. I was basically working with them. I was teaching them how to box. I never boxed in my life. But one thing I did was I used to play guitar uh, for them. And I would play like Nirvana songs and like really like rock and roll type songs. And uh, they loved it. And they got a kick out of it. I was like, if I can entertain these guys, like the most hardcore gang members, like 
I could probably do stand up. So that was really what got me started was when I volunteered after I graduated from college. Well, I don't know yeah. if the smartest thing that program uh, didn't really have uh, it was a little unfocused because is it the smartest thing to teach a bunch of gangbangers how to beat each other up even more? <laughs> but, well, you know, we're... But what was it? What, what what was a crazy? Uh, do you have a crazy story from that? That's kind of funny. Yeah, were you ever afraid of like getting stabbed or anything? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know, but I mean, literally, I, I, I was one time I was driving, uh, taking the gang members across town to another church. We were building a church, and and you know, th these are we're like on dirt roads, like it's totally underdeveloped. They're corrugated tin shacks, and we're in this old like '70s pickup truck, like Sanford and Son. And uh, I've got like ten gang members in the back. I got two or three in the front. All of a sudden, these cops on a horseback ride up to me and they're like you know pull over except in spanish and i'm like this this is so bizarre they made us all get out of the car or out of the truck and i got the whole pat down the hands behind my uh, head uh mm -hmm. kne kneeling down i'm like i'm an american they're like <laughs> you know they didn't care and i <laughs> but i mean it was like you know it's like you see on the car chases in la where you get pulled over and you're you have to get down and you're spread eagle and they're searching you. And then I'm like, I work with the Salesians. They're like, oh, okay. You know, we're building a church. It's a good excuse to get out of anything, by the way. Say <laughs> you're building a church. Building a church. <laughs> You've used that line on police stops ever since, huh? Right, right. Building a church. Come on, father. <laughs> or father. <laughs> Officer. I, don't know. I, call, I call the policeman father. That also helps, yeah. <laughs> um. So, like, you, you've traveled a lot doing comedy across the United States. Let me ask you this. Um, do you remember, like, what's your best experience on the road? And, and maybe what was your worst? Like, Well, actually, I, one, I did get to perform in South Africa in uh, oh. 2007. Uh, September 2007, I actually performed with Bert Kreischer. Oh, wow. uh, and, and it was uh, very random. I, I submitted through the website of the South uh, Cape Town Comedy Festival. I had no representation. I just submitted myself. The guy liked my tape and he said like, and I just thought like, oh, I'll fly myself out, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay, let me, even though we like you, let me make you an offer, give me a week. And lo and behold, they gave me this incredible offer. Uh, they flew me out, they put me up. I was there for four weeks in what? Cape Town, South Africa. Um, doing theater shows every night at this place called the Baxter Theater. Um, and I just did like 15 minutes every night, six nights a week, seven nights a week, every night for 21 days. And, uh, you know, just just the most incredible experience in my life uh, doing theaters and then also being in South Africa and hanging around did, with Bert Kreischer. Did the jokes translate <laughs> like to a different country? Yeah, they did. I mean, um, they they were i try not i think that's one thing i try not to think about it too much but yeah they they would translate pretty well you know i do a lot of observational humor so you know if it's about an elevator they call it a lift uh they don't call it standing in line they call standing in queue um so there's little subtle differences but but they really like i was probably there at the beginning of like the south africa comedy scene this was like shortly before like even trevor noah started like i think he started the year after that so uh that was that was my favorite uh experience just uh and just just to be everyone else was represented by these major agencies and i was not and i just got it through submitting on my own so i was always very proud of that well i'm just surprised you survived 21 days with burt kreischer i mean that's <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did this podcast. Any, any stories that? about the machine? Yeah, I, th I don't think he. I don't. He probably did have that, but he he wasn't taking off his shirt. He was still performing with his oh. shirt. <laughs> so, well, so very that was early. Bonus. Yeah, that this was um, pre shirt yeah. pre shirtless Bert Kreischer. <laughs> yes, pre shirtless Bert. <laughs> so so uh, then, what was one of your worst uh, gigs? Like uh, Scott was also asking you. Uh, I guess, I mean, I, I, early on in my career, I opened for Pauly Shore at a oh, place God. called the, the the Rave in Milwaukee. It was like a rock and roll club. 
you know, you'd see small, pretty like medium-sized bands that would draw 2,000 people or whatever. Wow. Uh, I opened for Polly there and got the booing of my life there. <laughs> I, I mean, Carl and Scott, you remember I used to sing the potato song? Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's a very long, drawn-out... <laughs> not for Polly Shore's audience and it's very silly and stupid and, and it's commitment and it's all that and they they were booing me so loud I literally couldn't hear myself singing the song anymore <laughs> and wow. the fact that I kept singing it they actually got tired of booing me and it eventually stopped because <laughs> they realized <laughs> I was in the middle of this three-minute bit that wasn't going to end with them booing. So uh, um, I just uh, finished out the set, and then I got off stage, and Pauly Shore's manager was there, and he's like, what the heck was that? I was like, uh, comedy? <laughs> <laughs> what did did Polly tell you anything about it? You know, Polly was actually very nice, because I had to perform with him the next night up in Appleton, and uh, he was on stage, and after I, I finished my set, I did okay, in Appleton. And uh, he said, uh, you know, they booed that guy last night in Milwaukee, but I think he's really funny. Keep it going for Tom Clark. And I was like, oh, oh my geez. God. Like, I was like, that was like, at that, I was three years into comedy. I was like, oh, wow. Like, Paulie Shore believes in me. <laughs> That's great. Well, so I then um, what, what inspires your writing process? And then just to slip in one sort of deep uh, Catholic uh, question in here. Uh, I don't know if if it does affect you, but um, does does uh, your Catholic uh, belief system is that a big is that a big impetus behind you uh, wanting to be a clean comic, or was that completely unrelated? And does it affect your joke writing also, or not? Uh, I think I just uh, I always wanted my parents to be able to come out to the show and and not be. Yeah. Uh, too embarrassed. I mean, I'll, I'll make jokes about him, of course, but uh, I, I don't think it was a child. I, I just always thought it was a little bit more uh, challenging to, to write a joke that was clean that I always felt like, you know, if you throw an F word in there or whatever, it's it's not really, uh, it, you're not sure if it's getting the laugh because of the swear word or because uh, mm -hmm. it's funny. So it's easier to go clean to dirty than it is to go dirty to clean. So uh, I just, it was, I don't think it was ever something I consciously, it was, it's just who I am as a person. I'm not, uh -huh. uh, you know, I'm not a, a swearing off stage, so I don't really do it on stage. Yeah. yeah I, well, so the, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Scott. I was going to say that um, I, I'm, my parents are no longer around, but I, I, that's kind of one of the things I think about too. I was like, can I do this show in front of my family, my parents, my right. brother and sister? Would I would I want to do you know and that's kind of what I want to write anyway I don't want to get too dirty I, I I just like being clean I do I, it's kind of like you said it is more of a challenge and I've had some shows where like I was so clean that they booed me because they were or, or they didn't <laughs> laugh at all because they were just like this is too clean he's not dirty enough you know yeah and then other times where I've gotten huge laughs because I was the clean one you know what I mean so you never know well, I yeah, I, I try not to like make it a part of my, you know, who I don't say I'm the clean comic, but it, people just seem to notice it. You know, I, I kind of like, like Brian Regan and Nate Bargatze, how they're able to like, just be clean, but they don't say they're clean comics. You just kind of like, oh, yeah, I didn't notice them swearing at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So so then what is your creative process when you're, how do you come up with ideas? Because you do so much with crowd work, but um does how do you when you're actually writing like what uh what what's your process for that if you have anything tricks of the trade or whatever i think that now you know it's not so much writing anymore one, one thing i've sort of learned I've, I've just i've been watching a lot of like screenwriting you know reels on instagram and stuff is just that th this idea of like oh i gotta sit down in a coffee shop and i gotta write it's like it's it's sometimes you work in spurts sometimes you work in 15 minute intervals sometimes you work on a plane and you're just like oh here's an idea i had or you know here's something that happened so so like for me it's like it, it's uh writing down ideas in my notes app on 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 my iphone and just uh kind of going back to it and then riffing it out on stage you know and i i wouldn't like this week i'm at zany's um 
but like I wouldn't like riff something brand new. But if I have sort of like, oh, I know this part of the joke is funny, I might try that part. And then if it gets the nice laugh, then I can kind of expand on it a little bit. So um, that's sort of the writing process is just uh, sort of anything that makes my wife laugh, I'll kind of uh, <laughs> like, okay, maybe that's a possibility. That's funny. Um, so yeah. let me ask you this. You've done, you know, you've done a bunch of shows for us for Catholic Laughter now. And, um, you know, you've done a lot of nightclubs. What, how do you think the audiences differ uh, on the Catholic laughter side than they do in the club side? Do, is there a lot of difference there or is there not, not any difference? How do, you, how do you feel about those shows? I, I feel like in, in a club, obviously you're going out, you know, it's a comedy show. I feel like sometimes with the Catholic laughter, they're, they're still not, uh, they're always like, kind of like, what's, what is this going to be? Like, is this going to be like, you know, Father Father Tony up there uh, <laughs> doing a homily <laughs> and a few jokes in, intermixed, or is it really like professional comedians? And and uh, and I think once they see like, oh wow, this is like just like a comedy show, but I don't have to worry about uh, you know anything unsavory or anything that is going to make you know make it awkward at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> um, so so I think. Uh, that's sort of the fun of watching those audiences kind of open up as you as you go along where they're they're realizing oh this is just fun this is just a comedy show i don't have to like be nervous because i feel like sometimes they're like nervous like ah don't be inappropriate in front of the the priests here and the nuns yeah i feel like i feel the same way when we do our shows we we've done a bunch together sometimes the, the audience they're they're like make me laugh let me i want to see what this is and then right we we get them going and then by the you know the second comedian the third comedian but you know then they're like oh they open up and they, they're free to laugh but I, I i feel like they're a little nervous at the at the beginning but then they 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 hop on board and then they they laugh with us you know yeah it's it's a it's a different uh vibe but i think it's uh and that's sort of what i love about it, is the, the challenge of that and uh you know it, it's such a great show and, and you guys do get such great comedians that have you know TV credits and um I know you have the upcoming show with Don Friesen and uh Ron Pearson. Like, I mean, you know, amazing. One's a juggler. Uh I've seen Ron. He's amazing. Don uh as a showtime special. And I think he's killing it on uh, dry bar comedy. So uh yeah, it's it, the lineups are just as good at any club or any theater you're gonna go to. So I mean, uh, you know, it's not just a bunch of Catholic jokes. It's like it's a full show. Yeah, it's clean comedy along with some Catholic humor. Yeah. So, like, who are some of your favorite comics growing up, and who are some of your favorites now? But first, the growing up years. Uh, you know, Steve Martin is probably my biggest influence. I loved uh, just sort of the way he made fun of show business, the way he didn't take it seriously. Um. I sort of liked him playing with a genre of stand-up that he wasn't like, he was kind of almost making fun of stand-up. Uh, also, you know, Andy Kaufman, same thing in that sort of vein where it was sort of like, a, uh, you know, kind of like, is this guy bad at stand-up? Is he good at stand-up? I, I always liked that aspect of kind of like blowing the audience's mind like a magic trick of like, oh, this guy's like really funny. He's just playing us. Um, so yeah, those are definitely my, you know, coming in starting in comedy those are my influences yeah um, <laughs> who do you like now a lot now i mean i i think i mentioned nate bargazzi i mean nate i've known nate actually he took a comedy class in chicago uh and i actually spoke to his class um wow. back in 2004 or five and he i actually ran into him in la and he came up to me he's like hey uh you know, Tom, I, I met you at a comedy class and he told me the comedy class. I was like, you're going to be on TV with me. And you took this comedy <laughs> class and he's, and I was, so I was like, so like weirded out. And, and I, I was so confused when he said it, I was like, how is this guy? Um, he's, I met him. Like he took a comedy class like four years ago. And so uh, Nate's always been very nice to me and always, I've done some guest sets on his uh, shows and uh, obviously now he's going to play the Hollywood bowl. Uh, I think wow. in May for Netflix, um, but just uh, incredibly nice guy and just uh, really funny. I mean, he makes me laugh, um, which, you know, you've been doing this 
30 years, it's like, it's hard to find guys that still make you genuinely laugh. Yeah, it's true. Um, who, so speaking of, you know, comics that you've worked with, who's your favorite comedian that you've met and worked with, maybe even looked up to them or, you know, that you've actually done, you were on the same stage or, or you opened for them, you know, I don't know, but, uh, who's, who's one of those yeah. that you've worked with? Uh, Mitch Hedberg is, you know, I was lucky enough to work with him um, in Milwaukee. I worked a whole weekend with him and just the nicest guy. Um, I remember I was doing my show and I used to tell a joke where I would screw up the whole joke. And I was like, ah, he's from Germany. No, he's Irish. He's Irish. So I would screw up the whole joke. And, and that was sort of the whole joke of it is that I was trying to tell a street joke and it bombs horribly and i remember then i finished the joke and nobody's laughing and then mitch you just hear mitch in the background go that's ridiculous <laughs> and the audience explodes with laughter and uh that's you know so he's always been uh someone i looked up to and when i did montreal he it was about a year and a half or two years later I didn't do well in Montreal and this was for just for laughs and it was new faces and I got a bad write up in the uh, paper and Mitch ran into me randomly and he said, Hey, Tom Clark. And he introduced me to his agents and he's like, Hey, this is Tom Clark. He's really funny. And it, I mean, I'd met the agents the previous night and they wouldn't even like make eye contact, but because Mitch said that they had to like sort of begrudgingly <laughs> shake my hand <laughs> And then I went to Mitch's show at the uh, uh, Andy Kindler had a show at in Montreal and Mitch invited me to it. And that, you know, that made Montreal for me, despite what happened on my new faces showcase. Uh, he him saying this guy's funny, you know, trumped every everything else. So, uh, yeah, you always, lose that. yeah, you'll always have that like that. You'll always have that. Yeah, and that that means the world to me because I think he's he's one of the legends for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, I got to work with him once in Chicago at Zany's, and um, uh, definitely uh, just an amazing lesson to watch him in action every night. You know, just one brilliant idea after another just doesn't stop. It's pretty. Yeah, he he um, he he told me how he would go to clubs as a feature act and he knew by the end of the week the club would never book him again but <laughs> he stuck to what he did and and it eventually paid off but it was uh you know he knew it was just going to be a slog with with kind of the act he was doing because nobody else was doing it so uh very admirable to watch his you know his career and his trajectory for that yeah yeah I don't know. I'm trying to be nice. People here are very nice. Sometimes people though are too nice, you know? Like ever at the mall or something and somebody holds a door open for you, but you're really far away. <laughs> you're like, holy man. I'm gonna have to jog. I better stretch out. And you feel obligated to make that big 20-yard dash to the door so Mr. Helpful can feel good about himself. It's not even the place you want to go into in the first place. <laughs> like, oh, thanks a lot. I mean, in a stop by Lane Bryant. <laughs> That's great. Well, so then um, I love watching you do crowd work. Uh, mm -hmm. I was wondering, like, how did that start? What is there a secret to doing it so well? <laughs> and, um, you know, do you remember your first time doing it? Those are, of course, separate questions, but sure. throw them out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I always kind of did it. I mean, you know, I, you never really think about it. It was just kind of like early on, it was just that the jokes <laughs> weren't working. So <laughs> I would kind of make fun of the jokes. And then somebody would or somebody would say something and I would riff off of that. So it was never like, to me, it was just like addressing the elephant in the room. Like, I know these jokes aren't working. And, uh, you know, maybe it was working with the gang members. <laughs> like, I didn't care what uh what they thought you know i was like oh you know I, I just want to have fun and i think that's first of all that's where it comes from is i come from a place of like let's have fun let's be silly let's uh let's i don't treat the crowd as like i gotta kill them i gotta like you know crush this audience like i i treat the audience like 
sort of equals like we're we're here it's sort of a party i'm sort of the host and let's have a good time so um so when people uh so i always just treat the crowd as sort of an improv partner but they don't know they're doing improv so in, in improv you're supposed to yes and whatever somebody says so uh i think for me the key is is to sort of uh play the improv games with them and uh, I've, you know, I studied comedy sports and Second City and all that stuff. So uh, it's it's sort of just creating these little improv improvisational moments off very little information. Um, and I think one of the things that I do is I free associate in my brain. If somebody says something like, you know, I'm an accountant, I I do. There's a game in, or not a game, but it's a warm up thing in in improv where you say five things. So it's like. The guy's an accountant. What does that make you think of? It makes you think of taxes. It makes you think of first in, first out, last in, first out, you know, and you kind of go through the five things that just pop in your head. And then I'll just pick one of those and kind of riff on it uh, with the guy or I'll say it and uh, just see where it goes. I think the part of it is just to not think. <laughs> it's to not, it's to be in the moment and just kind of react and listen. That's probably the two biggest things. It's one of my favorite parts of your act because I've seen your act a ton and I love your right. act, which is funny because your act is it's equal parts like written, but it's equal parts improvised to me. It's like and and when you do your crowd work, what I love about it is like that's I've seen I've seen you take crowds who are kind of uptight and just they're laughing. But then once you do your crowd work, they're all dying laughing and they're they're just loving you. And, mm -hmm. and that's that's the magic of Tom Clark. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's I mean, I put that in my bio. It, it's and I mean, I know it's everyone's, you know, edgy and and uh, whatever people talk about woke or whatever. But it's like I want everyone to feel included. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with making people feel included and to not like alienate somebody in the audience because it it helps me in my you know because it makes me look better it's like no i just want people to have fun like this. so i always try to just bring a positive message or po not message but positive energy to the show yeah and which i think you really do um now let me switch gears here um so you went to you growing up you went to catholic school i believe um do you have any funny stories or about the Catholic school you went to or what was the name of it actually? Do you remember? <laughs> um, oh yeah. I, I mean, so I'm 16 years Catholic school, grade school, high school, college. Uh, my grade school is Holy Cross. I went to uh, first through eighth grade at Holy Cross. I had the whole nun experience um, as school sisters of Notre Dame. Did they and... dress in habits too, or just normal clothes? Oh yeah, yeah. They were they were old school nuns. I used to deliver the newspaper to their place too. Good tippers. They're good tippers. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. You got an extra wafer every every week. They, <laughs> no, they were great. They were, um, but yeah, I, I loved. Uh, it was it was fun growing up there because you go first through eighth grade, so you're making these friends, you know, for. I didn't go to middle school. It was just first through eighth and they were there. But when I was, I was probably in third or fourth grade, there was a bully at the school and he, uh, he and I got into it or, you know, he was just a bully to everybody, mean, et cetera, et cetera. So one day I just got mad at him and I, I pushed him and he fell and he, you know, and he fell down and in like this, in like a puddle or whatever. And he went to tell the teacher, this nun named Sister Phil. Uh -huh. and Sister was, Phil. Uh, yeah, Sister Phyllis. We call her Sister oh. Phil. I don't know. They, they, <laughs> genderless. I don't know what it was. But <laughs> anyways, she, uh, she, so she, so I was like scared because Sister Phyllis, she was like mean. She was like, you didn't mess with her. And I was like, oh my God, he's going to tell on me. I pushed him into the puddle. And we were at recess on the playground and she's supervising and he runs over. He's like, Hey, Tom Clark pushed me into the puddle. And she said, you probably deserved it. <laughs> and that was it. And I was like, Oh my God. Like that was like the getting a call from the governor at, and being pardoned. Um, Did he stop messing and, with uh, you after that? Yeah. Yeah. He left me alone. He's uh, yeah. 
it was terrible and it was deserved it was deserved it was like a christmas story where he where he finally punches the bully so right uh i felt good well, and then years later he was the guy who was giving you the evil eye at your first stand-up show that's <laughs> probably the same guy he's stalking me yeah so um then uh uh, what would you say is your funniest moment from performing stand-up? Like something crazy um, happened with a, with a person you're messing with, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. You know, there's so many moments in stand-up where and you, sometimes you don't even remember and sometimes the moments are so weird, they just kind of pile up. But but there is one, I was performing in South Milwaukee, which is, you can't get more blue-collar than South Milwaukee. Yeah, uh, I'm performing in a basement, Things are going great. I'm at a place called the Corner <laughs> Pocket uh, in South Milwaukee. I'm in the basement performing. Good crowd. I'm doing doing well. All of a sudden, there's this ruckus in the back of the room. I'm like, and like people are like distracted. People are like looking or taking photos with their iPhone. I'm like, what is going on? Like I'm like, what is going on? Uh, and they're like, hey, Phil caught a perch. <laughs> he had been out fishing and he caught a perch. <laughs> And he was showing it off to everyone in the back of the room. So I was like, all right, well, let's see, let's see the perch. And then he brings it up and he shows it. And I was like, that's a nice perch. That is a nice perch. Uh, I don't blame you for doing that. I would be very proud of that too. So perch that's, trumps comedy. That's funny. That's funny. Like <laughs> it was like eight o'clock at night. He's out fishing. Wow. <laughs> he just comes back with a fish. Well, I just thought of something, uh, you know, when we were asking about worst experiences, uh, is there like a, was there a certain place on the road ever that just stands out in your mind? Like, oh my God, I can't believe that even exists. There was a place up in Northern Michigan uh, called Nagani, uh, Michigan. And it was a nice, it was a great pizza place, but not the best for comedy. I was performing with a friend of mine and I remember we were sitting in the back, I was sitting at and my show is fine. My friend goes up, Jason Russell, and he's uh, he's very funny. I don't know what happened. Um, anyway, he's very funny. Um, but I'm sitting with this guy who's uh, keeps commenting. He's like, oh, this guy, uh, he's doing good. He's doing, he's sort of like talking under his breath, like he's commentating. He's uh -huh. like, oh, he needs a little help right here. Hey, you stink. And he's like, and then my friend, kind of like what is wrong with you you're an idiot blah 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 my, the guy's like good I, he's getting the audience back again so he thought he was like conducting the show through his heckling was helpful to the comedy show uh it was such a weird experience it's just what what people think in their brains of like oh, i need to help the show i'm gonna heckle yeah uh, yeah that was one of the more ridiculous people uh, want to be a experience. part of the show sometimes and it's like yeah you really shouldn't just just be an audience member it's okay unless right. you get asked unless you get asked you know right exactly yeah it's that fine line of uh interaction and interrupting uh tell tell him that story you told me like i didn't know till a year later you you're like oh yeah like we, we were in Ohio and you had another gig to go to and then tell tell him oh, tell geez. Carl what happened. <laughs> Those two It was yeah, I was uh so so yeah, we were booked in Cle in Cleveland to do one of the Catholic Laughter shows. And then I got another gig to do a uh show in uh Colorado. And I was like, Oh, I can make this. And it was a good paying gig, and Steph was gonna do it with me. And uh oh my god. So we that night, we the, after the show, we went out. We ended up getting food poisoning from whatever Steph and I ate together. <laughs> and she's she gets sick on the plane. I'm like, oh, my God, Steph, we got the show. Our plane goes from Chicago to Wichita to Denver. It's like the worst routed flight ever. Takes, you know, six, seven hours to get there. We finally get there. Steph's sick. I'm fine. We get, we start driving to Colorado. I didn't realize that it's, it's almost two and a half hours, but it's toward Vail, Colorado. So you're going up and uh, we're, we're slowly running into snow. So now it's snowing. I don't know if we can get through it. I rented the worst possible car. It was like, uh, uh, it was like a Daewoo or something ridiculous, <laughs> just a horrible car, not meant for mountain climbing and uh and the snow's coming at us 
I pull over to get direction. I'm like, how bad is the snow up this mountain? They're like, oh, you can make it. You can make it. And I'm, also I get back to the car. I get sick as I'm walking back to the car. So now I've got food poisoning. She's got food poisoning. Oh. We got another hour to this mountain. We finally get there. I can't do the show. Like, I'm just, I'm sick. And uh, she, and we just like pull over to this hotel and we just, crash and we're just i call the club i'm like i can't get there he's like oh we can get an uber for you i'm like i'm not like they have they know a different route i'm like i'm not gonna take a different route <laughs> through you know a swamp or something to get to your show so we ended up uh missing the show uh we had to get uh, towed down the mountain and uh i've learned to not be so confident in like eh, i can do a gig in cleveland and you know just outside of denver in the in a weekend that's stupid oh wow well but you know that food poisoning threw you back and and i've had that like last year right before christmas and it it ugh, it was terrible so that that definitely had something to do with it but it's funny because oh, we yeah. went to the same restaurant that night but i didn't get it so it must have been what you guys ordered um, <laughs> so but, uh... stupid yeah. <laughs> yeah i think i don't know what we did the next time we were there but i was very cautious when i ate <laughs> Oh, I'm very cautious now too. I'm like, oh, that was sitting out, or that that that's cream. Um, yeah, I'll just do that. You know, <laughs> my coffee creamy black. mushroom soup. Yeah. <laughs> you ever do this? You ever let somebody call you the wrong name? Yeah, because you just don't feel like correcting them. <laughs> like six months later, you finally tell me, like, no, my name isn't John. It's uh, Tom. <laughs> like, why did you that in the beginning? Yeah, I wasn't planning on knowing you this long. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you're mentioning traveling with your wife, and she's a very funny comic, Steph Clark, and um, so just wondering how uh, you guys do a ton of shows in L.A. area together in California, so anything you want to say about uh, how you guys met and, you know, uh, what you think uh, is the key to having, you know, uh, uh, not only being married, but being able to uh, work so well together? Um. Well, yeah, we met uh, through comedy. She she and I were performing at a place called the Lava Lounge in Thousand Oaks. And uh, I actually was, her mom was in the crowd. So I said like, oh, where's, that's, I found out that's her daughter. I was like, where's your daughter? She's like, she's outside smoking. I was like, oh, I bet you don't want her to smoke. And she's like, no, I don't like it. <laughs> so then when she came back in, I said, you know, your mom wants you to stop smoking. And she she thought it was funny that I was giving, you know, making fun of her. And uh, we just started talking and she said, I, I think I danced. And she's like kind of surprised that I danced. I mean, I'm not a good dancer, although we should have <laughs> Catholic dancing. Think about it, guys. It's another um, Catholic dancer. Um, but yeah, so she, she just, she invited me to go bowling and she always reminds me that we split the bowling fees like we 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 split it we didn't i didn't pay for the bowling because i was like i don't know if this is because i didn't know if she liked me or if we we're going out on a date and then it turned out she did like me so but we did split bowling um and then we just uh yeah we just you know i was a little nervous dating another comedian but you know she's so uh she's been so great because she's so um she's at a different area in her career i was kind of you know 20 25 years in she was uh six or seven years in so there's still that excitement there's still sort of like discovery and and sort of like oh it doesn't have to be done this way so she really found like why am i waiting for a club to book me when i could book the club um uh, why am i runs, you know she runs funnygirlevents.com yeah. right funnygirlevents.com if you want shows. yeah funnygirlevents.com so she was just you know, reaching out to breweries and wineries and, and country clubs and saying like, we can put on shows and uh, you know, and she would just pitch it and she, she's just learned over time how to do it. And it's been, for me, it's been, you know, a, a career changer. It's just uh, less, less road work, less flying places and more. You married uh, the booker. <laughs> I married the booker. <laughs> Always marry the booker. Marry a booker and Yeah. She's great though. You know, I will give her this, like she, she works hard uh, and she gets a lot of gigs, but she's just, she's also funny. You know, she's not, 
mm-hmm. not funny. She's funny, you know, and, and that's, and she works hard. I, I love her comedy and I love you guys together. It's very, uh, it's great to work on your shows too. When I work with you both, you're both very funny. And Steph's actually done one of our Catholic laughter shows, which I'd like yeah. to hear back in the future too. You guys had a really yeah, funny, um, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say you had a really funny YouTube uh, series uh, for a while. What was the name of that? So people can check that out. Uh, the Clarks, it was called. The Clarks. A little more PG-13-ish, the humor there. But oh, okay. uh yeah. But uh, but yeah, we we did a we did a web series. We actually did a pilot called Oak Park about Steph growing up. Uh, uh, it was really well done. We we shot it with some really funny uh, young actors uh, that were basically playing out Steph's life story of her uh, her her dad passing away when she was young and then uh, having to move in with her grandma and uh, and kind of start a new life in Oak Park in the suburbs um so we we also shot that that's on my youtube so i'm youtube.com uh, slash tom clark comedy is where my special is and where those pilots and sketches yeah, are tell, tell us the rest of your handles and we'll, we'll just wrap it up right here uh but yeah tell us your instagram and where we can find you next where's your next show um yeah so t- uh, tom clark comedy pretty much for everything uh for instagram and tiktok and youtube and then uh facebook is tom clark fan page and let's see uh what was the other thing oh the upcoming shows i don't know when this is gonna air but uh january 11th to the 13th i'm going to be in chicago at or at rosemont illinois uh at zany's i'm actually doing uh wgn i get to be on wgn the uh, cubs station on thursday uh so I'm excited about that. And then uh, I have a show in Milwaukee, uh, February 1st, February 2nd, uh, I'll be in, or February 2nd, Milwaukee, February 3rd, up in Marinette near Green Bay. And then uh, I'll be coming, going back out there and uh, at the Wisconsin Dells, February 17th. So uh, a lot of shows, tomclark.com for all that info. When you go to the Midwest, like Chicago or uh uh, Wisconsin, do you get like brought beers and brought or like, you know, hot dogs? Like, do you like any favorite foods from there? I do love, uh, you know, when, when I used to perform in St. Charles, I used to have a Portillo's mm. right next door to the oh, yeah. hotel. So I used to always walk over there yeah. and get Portillo's. Cause I never really experienced Portillo's, but it was right there and everyone talked about. It, so I loved uh, that. And where I wrote when in Rosemont, there really isn't much nearby, but uh, but definitely Portillos and Culvers. That's what I miss in the Midwest. Right. Yeah. All right. You got to do it. Well, great. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for coming out, Tom Clark. Everyone. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot, Tom. We Take appreciate care. it, and we'll see you on the road. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks to Tom Clark. And thanks to Carl Kozlowski. Uh, we, I'm Scott Vinci. We are Catholic Laughter. We'll see you at the next podcast. And you can find us at catholiclaughter.com. That's right. Catholiclaughter.com brings live stand-up comedy shows to your church, fundraiser, or event. For more information or to inquire, go to catholiclaughter.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram.